0: Welcome to the World Beyond the tale, the Pagey Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host James, and today we're reading page 117. Chapter 6. Wide open and unguarded stand our gates, and through them passes a wild motley throng, men from Volga and Tartar steppes, featureless figures from the Hoang Ho, Malayan, Scythian, Teuton, Celt, and Slav, flying the old world's poverty and scorn. These bringing with them unknown gods and rites, those tiger passions here to stretch their claws. In street and alley what strange tongues are these, accents of menace in our ear, voices that once the Tower of Babel knew. Thomas Bailey Aldrich, Unguarded Gates, 1882 One moment Shadow was riding the world's largest carousel, holding on to his eagle-headed tiger, and then the red and white lights of the carousel stretched and shivered and went out, and he was falling through an ocean of stars, while the mechanical waltz was replaced by a pounding rhythmic roll-and-crash, as of cymbals or the breakers on the shores of a far ocean. The only light was starlight, but it illuminated everything with a cold clarity. Beneath him, his mount stretched and padded, its warm fur under his left hand, its feathers beneath his right. It's a good ride, isn't it? The voice came from behind him in its ears and in his mind. Shadow turned slowly. Streaming images of himself as he moved, frozen moments, each hymn captured in a fraction of a second, every tiny movement lasting for an infinite period. The images that reached his mind made no sense. It was like seeing the world through the multiface. And that's our page. All right, chapter six begins, this time with a quote from Thomas Bailey Aldrich, editor of the Atlantic Monthly from 1881 until 1890. The poem featured here, The Unguarded Gates, is only this stanza and a second following, but the second is, well, much the same, wildly xenophobic and discomfitting. It is in line with themes of the novel, especially those of immigration and the arrival of the gods in America and other such things, but especially in 2018's political climate, the poem itself is just pretty awful. At the same time, though, we haven't really had much of a feeling for the opposition to the Old Gods yet, and this chapter is where we're going to start seeing some pushback from them. I hadn't really considered it before, but the New Gods are very much nativist and homegrown in the United States, so perhaps there's deeper layers there than I had previously considered. I think we'll maybe think of that as we get a little later on in the chapter, although now I'm really struggling to remember exactly who we meet in this one. I haven't read ahead yet, so I'll get there. Don't spoil it for me. Shadow is in a new land himself, and on the back of a real-life version of the mostly griffin he was riding at the end of the last chapter. In this world, there's no light except starlight, which I imagine is quite a shock, especially after coming from the hundreds and hundreds of lights of the carousel just a moment earlier, or even just someone who's lived in a place like well, like a prison, I guess, or being in Chicago, where there's a lot of light pollution. So seeing the stars and only the stars, is probably a pretty jarring experience if you think about it. The voice that speaks behind him is said to be in its ears and in his mind. And I had to really read that line a few times when I was making my notes to make sense of it. I think it means that it appears in the ears of his griffin, but not allowed to shadow's ears, only in his mind. I guess it could be a typo or it could be something else, but it's it's not the it's is not really explained on the page or at least not explained very clearly. Shadow also seems to be seen a number of moments simultaneously or possibly all moments simultaneously. Everything seems to leave behind a bit of a motion trail. Each motion that he makes is a number of moments all in one and it's pretty weird right here and it's probably going to get a bit weirder. Before I call it a day, though, I realized I should analyze the poem a little bit deeper for you. So Volga, mentioned in the poem, is the longest river in Europe. It uh, flows through much of Russia and into the Caspian Sea. Between that and a couple other terms, he's disparaging people from uh, Eastern Europe and Russia who are coming. The Tartar people, or Tatar, depending on... It might just be a misspelling, but the Tatar people are also Russian and other similar post Soviet countries. Huang Ho is another way to refer to the Yellow River in China. It's the second longest river in Asia after the Yangtze River and the sixth longest river system in the world. It flows through large parts of China for about 5,500 kilometers or almost 3,400 miles. Scythian uh, referred to on the page, S C Y T H I A N, is a nomadic people originally from possibly Iran. Known around the ninth century first uh, oh ninth century B C E was when they were first mentioned as well. They migrated from Central Asia to places like Russia and the Ukraine in probably the eighth or seventh century B C E. Teutons are a fairly derogatory term, maybe smallly derogatory term for german people but also used to refer to people who lived in parts of europe in the 4th century bc and helped fight the romans in france and around the 2nd century bc and celts finally there's a number of things uh the first result was the dictionary definition which a uh, salmon that has spawned but then is in poor physical, poor physical condition and could no longer return to its home which Maybe is where the word comes from. I wasn't one hundred percent sure on that one. Unfortunately, it could also just be a an alternative spelling of Celt, with a C here in the book. It's K E L T, but the the Celts, i.e., Celtic people, uh, generally are thought to have begun in Central Europe, to possibly parts of France as well. And a lot of the the first thing you're going to think of is probably ireland where there is still some celtic language spoken as well anyhow the guy is just kind of being an asshole and disparaging a large number of people very very quickly we got the poem opening the chapter and then shadow is also having a quite a weird experience and it's going to get pretty weird as we continue here so come on back tomorrow and we can talk more about how weird things are getting get in touch with the show at the, the at or on twitter at worldbeyondpod thank you to julian grand ganache for his version of saint james infirmary blues which we use as our theme song and thank you for listening i'll be back tomorrow with another page and remember only the gods are real